You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. Wow, game week 26 is loading and it's coming up fast and hard and there's going to be points up for grabs. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk target games, we'll talk chips and we'll talk potential managers. Joining us on the show today for the first time in quite a while, Big J is back. Big J, how's it going, man? How's it, Leighton? Good to be back. It's been a while since I've been on here. I think a lot of predictions are made, uh, starting to come to fruition these days. Mm. So yeah, it's. Um, I wish my FPL season started this game week. Uh, so yeah, but um, anyways, it's nice to see some calls on some decisions I make actually working out for a change this season. So yeah, looking forward to the show. Yeah, brilliant guy. Look, I must be honest with you, uh, as I've watched the season progress, it hasn't been so much about your calls per for the games itself. It's been more about the players within the games that have uh, probably been the greatest disparity in obviously your, <laughs> the, the way that you um, have gone about achieving your points. However, if you are a guest, uh, if you'd like to be a guest or you'd just like to drop us some feedback uh, or just to say hi or whatever it is, send us a mail to feedback at latentv.com. Uh, the email address will be in the show notes as well as you can drop us a message on and or follow us as well on Twitter at LTV underscore sportscast. And then you can follow us on Instagram as well. Just search for LTV sportscast. And that's S-P-O-R-T-S cast. Also, it's never too late to join the uh, the Bragging Rights League. I say never, but never's coming up pretty soon. I think, I think I'm going to cut it off with uh, by game week 30. So we'll see what happens there. So bragging rights are up for grab. That is probably the most important thing. You can you can win money and you can win all things, but nothing gives you a better sense of pride when you can look at your um, competitors, other competitors in the eye and say, I got one over you. And anyway, so, right, Jay, back into it. Uh, quickly, top performers for the week. Um, there is two new entries into top performers this week that have never made it into a game week <laughs> five. Um, there is... Um, there, uh, well, we'll get to them. We'll start at number five, though, before we get into the, the new guys into the thing. Uh, Navan Moodley with Phoenix United. I think he comes out of the Durban area. Uh, he had 87 points. Uh, he's now on overall of 1458. And he moved up 195,000 positions uh, from 1.37 million to 1.17 million. Uh, first time entry into the top five. I don't know if you heard of the guy, uh, Leighton, uh, with LTV FC. Uh, that would be me. This is the first time I had a top five. So, yeah, the crowd goes wild. Um, yeah, so I, I moved up 212 positions from 1.3 million to 1.1. Now, I, I am probably hitting what was my my goal when I was down at 4.3 million in the world, I was looking to get into the top 1 million. So I'm nearly there. So let's let's hold thumbs. Uh, my, my little rise continues. And then a man who hit 90 points on the game weekend, one more than me, Jeremy Perumal. Now, uh, Jay, into the top five, hit a 90-point best, uh, best game week of the season so far for you, I believe. And that moved you up 360 thousand positions take us take us through your game week yeah well i think yeah apart from my the, the week where i used the bench boost like i think i got 104 so without it without using a chip yeah this has been the highest game week return and i mean 
I was scoring 90s and 80s uh, for fun last season. So this is the first one. So it's quite precious. Uh, everyone returned except my captain. So I captained Danny Ings. He got two points in the first game. And in the second game, he came, off, came on as a sub. So that rotten luck and rotten form that I have continues. Uh, everyone else, I mean, Rafinha... I'll, I'll talk about Rafinha Nana before we before we get too too far into that. I know you say Rafinha, but I just want to point out that I, I, it's three points for a yellow card. Am I right? That's how much you lose three points uh, on your FPL points. You yeah. lose one. You lose one for a yellow card, but then it takes you out of contention then for the bonus points. So generally, there's I think there's there's a bit of points. I think it's probably about five points in the bonus points. No, I think it's three. Sorry, I think it's three in the bonus points mm. when you get a yellow card. So that he could have been standing on max bonus points, which would have been three, yeah. plus the one, plus so the four. one for the, yeah, so four points. And if you captain him, it which would have I been did. points. So I lost That's eight it. points because he took off his T-shirt. <laughs> so, well, yes. So, and, and look, I had Ings as well, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so I've, I, I vice-captained him very bitterly. I, I, I took a minus four when I, uh, to get him in and I, when I dropped uh, Antonio. And so uh, I, think, I, think, I think it's one of the better game, double game weeks as well for a lot of players. I mean, obviously I speak for myself mm. because in, in, in the game weeks where there's been a, a lot more teams playing in terms of double game weeks, uh, the scores haven't been great for myself and a lot of other players. I think, again, as I said, it's your first time in the top five in the bragging rights league and it's mine as well. So mm. I think uh, the limited, a lot of those players returned and specifically the, the Leeds boys. So, yes. and then, and um, Man City continues to be the team, the gift that keeps on giving. So they've, they've had pretty much uh, all round in both game weeks, uh, both double gamings recently, quite a lot of returners. And I think probably uh, coming up another game, double game week for yeah, them. They're I going think. back to back double game weeks. So I think, it, yeah, once again, we'll probably be uh, backing them and taking some punts on the Man City boys. 100%. And then a second uh, position for our top five this week, a man we haven't heard a lot of, of late, but he has been quietly moving underneath the radar. 94 points for Kyle Hoffman with the nobodies. He moves up to a total of 1535, and that moves him up from 520K in the world to 438K. So uh, he, he is maintaining that consistency in the uh, the the top five hundred thousand people in the world, and then uh, number one for this week, Duran Lira with change name. It's not the first time he's arrived in this uh, in this league. Um, well, in the top five for our Pods Bragging Rights League, he had ninety five points this weekend, and he rose three hundred thousand positions from one point four nine million to one point. Eight six million. So congratulations to everyone in the top five. Uh, a little pat on the back for me there uh, as well. So I'm quite happy, quite quite happy to see that has happened. Our top five in our league have have not had the most wonderful week. Uh, in fifth position, Andrew Buntain. He hit a fifty nine, so he dropped seventy five thousand positions from two thirty four in the world to three hundred ten. Andreas, however, was the only climber in the top five. The man uh, is consistently consistent um so he moved up from 283 in the world to 262 in the world pumlani hit an hit a 75 it's which is quite strange i think what was the a game week average 58 eh? i think so but i think the guys a lot of the serious players the ones who are into it mm. um i think they they play the double game it's quite strong so you got to be uh especially when you in the higher ranking position so someone like myself 
jumping 300,000 places, but uh, those that are closer to the top uh, are very competitive. Everyone takes advantage of double game weeks, etc. So it's quite it's quite uh, dogged at the top. Once you get there, to stay there. It's quite, yeah. So 55 points was the game week average, Leighton. 55. So 20 points more than the game week average. Pumlani moves down um, 11,000 positions from 122 to 134. Uh, Ryan Curry, he uh, hit 67. He His second position now on 1608. He moved down from 68,000 to 96,000. So just maintaining his top 100K position. And then our pod bragging rights leader, uh, Justin uh, Lloyd, he had 68 points. Again, these are all above uh, game week average uh, by by a, f- a fair enough margin. Um, he had 68 points and he dropped 7,700 positions from 20,000 to 28,000 in the world. So guys, listen, if you are at the top of the league, uh, don't look over your shoulder. I'm I could say that I'm coming to get you guys, but I'm, I'm so far back. I, I, I'm in another time zone right now. So don't worry about me. Look forward and uh, go get those points this weekend. So Jay, 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 are you ready to get into the game week? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so Jay, slightly differently uh, than normal. We're going to hit all the teams that have double game weeks. Let's go through those first. So it's not going to be in the order of the games itself, but we are going to tell you when they are playing and the the gaps between their games. Uh, I'll try to do that. I'll probably hit the, the double game weeks alphabetically. Aston Villa start off with, uh, they've got the first, uh, well, they've got a double game week. They play away to Leeds and then they play away to Sheffield and that's on the 27th and the 3rd. So there's a fair amount of rest time Um Let's let's look at the first game. Uh, Leeds Leeds, however, only have a single game week. Um, so the Leeds Leeds obviously they've come off the win against Southampton. Uh, they they're going to Aston Villa, who have been struggling of late. I mean, I know they got the win over Arsenal, uh, the one 0 win over Arsenal, but apart from that, the they haven't been. As rock solid, although although I have seen that uh, Traore, he he's been pre- looking pretty good for them, of late. And I know with obviously I don't I, th- I believe Grealish might be back at the time of this recording. He he they were, I think the injury table told us that he was they're looking to return on the twenty seventh. So not entirely sure if it's going to be a return to training or a return to the field. Well, how would you approach that game, Leeds versus Aston Villa? So just on the on the Greece thing, I think Greece has played every minute for the last uh, two years for Aston Villa in the league. He's an ever-present for them, and he's obviously a big miss. Uh, just to start off with Leeds, uh, I'm, I'm, I've had uh, Alioski in, in my side, and he's so if anyone still has Alioski, my advice to the FPL uh, players is to maybe uh, think of getting rid of him if you if you have the luxury of a wild card or if you're looking to play a wild card because he seems to be coming off the bench and he doesn't seem to be getting enough minutes. So Alioski, that's one one of the players. One of the more attacking players is when he first started off in the Leeds team this season, he's been brilliant. Uh, but now he looks like he's competing for his place uh, in that Leeds starting lineup. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Other than that, Bamford seems to be consistent as ever in terms of getting returns and being involved in goals. And Leeds is always a team that is going to cut teams open and create opportunity. So Bamford is is a no-brainer. And I think Rafinha just showed this last game. Again, I think 
and I think I must give some credit I think to Andreas who had picked him. I'd also I also had an eye on him quite early in the season, but I think yeah, Andreas you guys had it actually on the same game week. You guys mentioned it to me the same week, yeah, on, on separate conversations. I remember it, um, yeah. and I followed you guys for Rafinha for this weekend, and oh, what a player he! Like if again, like you said, if he didn't take off his shirt, the three bonus points would have belonged to him, for sure, hands down. Yeah. Um, so he's 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 done pretty well. So if you're looking at the Leeds team, once again, Bamford, Rafinha, and probably uh, as an out last season's John Lundstrom is uh, Stuart Dallas. Yes. So Dallas is always playing very far up, and when he gets a return and if he gets a clean sheet, uh, it's absolutely phenomenal for your team. So um, it has been. I thank think, you. He's, he's done wonders for. So me. I think I think Stuart Dallas, uh, Patrick Bamford, and uh, Rafinha are the ones to look at from the Leeds point of view. Uh, from the Aston Villa side, I think you've touched on it, and uh, it's a pity I brought. I also uh, Bertrand Traore is someone that I, I noticed, and I brought him in uh, for the first double game week of the season until the the Leeds the Aston Villa teams game got called off or was going to be, and then I had to play a wild card and get rid of him. Mm. So Traore is he's, he's always in space. He's always open on the right hand side, and a lot of the damage comes from Matt Target and uh, Jack Grealish and even with McGinn playing further on the left as well as uh, Barkley. So Bertrand he seems to be uh, left alone as the other players draw, suck in and draw the players towards them. And if you see some of his goals, there have been tappings on his lonesome. Uh, he mm-hmm. even had another opportunity uh, this past game. Week, and I think, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether he air-kicked it or he scuffed it. Uh, so there's always an opportunity on, on the right there for Bertrand Traore. Interesting thing with Watching the game, I saw Ross Barkley. He took off his shin pads. He took off his uh, socks. He threw it over the into the stadium, and he, he looked very dejected, very disgruntled. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, pay attention once again to Dean Smith in the press conference that comes up uh, on Friday, I believe. Mm. And uh, just hear what he says, because there was something there. There was just the body language. He didn't have the best of games, but he looked like a kid that just threw his toys out of the cot. So I don't know, I don't know what took place or what, what's going on there. Uh, so with Grealish back, uh, they they're always stronger, and uh, Bertrand Traore would be another asset. And Matt Target, I, I I've I've brought in Matt Target, and he's done wonders for me from the time that I brought him in. So he's very cheap, uh, and he continues to be involved, and he's partnering with Grealish on the left. So in the double game week, if you're looking for somebody cheaper, not as well owned as the rest of the the rest of the defenders in FPL, uh, Matt Target could be the guy, and he and he seems to be coming on. He's really got a lot of goal involvement in him. Yeah, he's actually his ownership is eleven point eight percent, which is the third most owned player in the Aston Villa uh, team. Uh, Grealish obviously number one at thirty one point five percent. Watkins twenty four point eight. Then uh, Matt Target and then Tyrell uh, Mings. Tyron Mings. Which one is it? What's it? Tyron. Tyrone. Tyrone. Tyrone Mings. Um, he's eight point three percent ownership. But I'll be honest with you, Jay. The the way that I'm looking at these days. I'm actually looking to possibly offload the Grealish. Um, I haven't decided how I'm going to play this game week. Uh, but obviously, it would it'd probably not be this game week due to the Aston Villa having a double game week. But I, I do see great value in if I am to pick out two other players, like off the cuff, um, Lingard and Bale, actually. I think I, I do. I believe they'll come into their own and start getting the points. However, 
Um, so first game, Leeds versus Aston Villa. Um, final result there. Look, even if Leeds walk away with the win, they've only got the one game in there. Is, is it enough to want to have Leeds players in your team, although they have a single game in this game week? Do you think Aston Villa is the right game to get points? I think, Nathan, it's also important to focus on what's happening the next game week as well. So uh, if, 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 your, if your players next game week have good fixtures, you, if you can get away with doing it without... Leeds without, play Chelsea. Without costing you too much. Um, mm. Isn't it West Ham? No, um, Leeds play Chelsea. Oh, sorry. I might be a whole game week ahead. I think you might yeah. be right. It's West Ham. So, so again, if you... Sometimes at this stage of the season, depending where you are, those... those those who are higher up on the logs uh, in terms of uh, ranking, they would probably not want to be so maverick and take the minus fours. But people like yourself and myself who are chasing the pack, yeah. uh, we we, we want to. So I brought in, because I got the team news on Friday that Grealish was, so Matt Target's got an FPL team. Interesting story. Had an FPL team. I don't know if he still has one. That, yeah. I think they're banned. I think uh, Aston Villa said their players are not allowed to play FPL anymore. And uh, and then he took out Grealish out of his side and uh, put him on that, the bench. Yeah. And then that that rumor started spreading. And I, I was on, I was watching one of the YouTube uh, streams. And then I, I I took out Grealish and I brought in Rafinha. And look how that worked out. Fantastic so I, for you. that's why that is why we advise people to please wait for the injury update if you have to pull. And at this time of the season, we're not worrying. No one's chasing team value, etc. So wait for the wait for the team news. We don't know what's happening. Uh, and again, for people like myself and yourself, Leighton, who are chasing, uh, mm. it's great to to make those calls, um, get them in for a game week or two. But those who are further up, you probably need to think a little bit long term and look at the games and not take as many minus fours at this stage. Be a little bit more conservative in terms of consolidating your lead. Um, having said that, this could be this could be a nice two-two draw game. Uh, Leeds is such a Jekyll and Hyde side. We don't mm. know which Leeds pitches up. Is Aston Villa that as well, in, in a sense? Have, they, have they not turned into a Jekyll and Hyde side as well? Leighton, I just feel with Leeds and Ellen Road especially, they haven't had football there for 16 years, I think, uh, Premier League football. And I, I always expect them at home, yes, there's no fans, but for them to show and, and, and to, to deliver what, they, what they've been hungry for for the last 16 years, and at Ellen Road, they they hot and cold, so that they don't seem to have that dominance at home uh, that I would expect, or that 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 effort that you see them on the road with. Mm. Um, and you're right, yes, Aston Villa is a bit hot and cold, uh, but I think they they they've out outperformed themselves this season. They're sitting, they probably uh, Dean Smith could not have dreamt of the position they are in the league if you look at what happened last season. Yeah. So I think they'll come back. Uh, Martinez made a few mistakes uh, the previous game. So I think they'll they'll come back. They're quite solid defensively, and that's that's where they um, that's where their strength lies. So yes. if they can counter the Leeds attack, so basically it's a strong attack versus a strong defense. And yeah, so um, it'll be it'll be nice uh, for a two-two. Uh, we haven't seen to seem to have gotten those results from Leeds when they play. It's either um, either or, but it doesn't. We don't seem to get both teams coming to the party in the exciting back and forth football. Yeah. If you can. Think of the opening game of the season, Leeds versus Liverpool. Um, so I think that's ingrained in our memory, but that's mm. what I keep thinking towards. And as I said, Leeds uh, blowing Southampton away three 0 That was I didn't expect that. So yeah, I sure. think uh, yeah. So let's. Let, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a two two there, Aston Villa and Leeds because Aston Villa still 
seem and Ollie Watkins is seem to find some some goal form as well, and he is he is quite a goal threat. So yeah, sure. As as the season's gone on, he's he's grown into his position. So. Let's go for a Bamford and Watkins both returning. Okay, fantastic. Uh, which then leads us into Leeds, <laughs> um, Aston Leeds versus Aston Villa. That's that's the end of the the Leeds game weekend. But Aston Villa do play away at Sheffield United on the third. Now, at that point in time, we assume that Aston Villa will have Grealish back in on the starting starting that game and obviously you you'd think to yourself this could be a game that uh, Aston Villa could would and should attack to get maximum returns absolutely I agree with you Lurton. I just think um, Sheffield is not a team that get, get, gets blown away you don't see them conceding four or five so um, look based on the performance and losing to Fulham that says a lot of where Sheffield season's gone. Uh, they're all but relegated this season, so maybe Chris Wilder will be looking to experiment a bit, change change some uh, for change some player combinations, probably prepare for life in the championship. Mm-hmm. So I and that would probably open the door for Villa because I, that that Fulham, I think the Fulham defeat was the final nail in Sheffield's coffin. So if you can't beat Fulham, um, and and yes, it was one 0 uh, however, Sheffield, I think Sheffield's done for, and probably heads could could drop. And uh, once again, now players start looking for exit strategies and uh, how they can remain in the Premiership after Sheffield goes down. So yeah, that that'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe players will start playing for for a contract in another team. Uh, but yeah, I think Sheffield's all but gone. So heads will be down there, and depending on what happens in the Leeds Villa game. Uh, Leeds, uh, Aston Villa, Aston Villa have been a quality side this season. So we go for Aston Villa for the win, and um, probably a, a clean a sheet. Two, eh? a, uh, Sheffield struggles to score goals, yeah, so, uh, and uh, that is probably one of the better bets uh, for a clean sheet uh, would be that game. So probably a two 0 to Aston Villa. Okay, so what what we're looking at is Aston Villa probably land up with one clean sheet. Uh, over two games, uh, most likely, and uh, getting returns in both games. So Aston Villa is definitely a team that you'd want to be targeting in this game week. If you are, if you have a, if you have a wild card, this might be a good game week to prep yourself going forward. What do you think? Absolutely, this is this is the time. Those of you who have held on to your wild card and we held on to your chips. This is the time where you make big jumps and big moves. Uh, in playing FBL, mm. so I wish uh, I wish this was the start of FB, FBL for me, <laughs> uh, and having the chips. But right now I've got no chips left. So I'm, as, as I think I've said to you off here, I think you've done pretty well in, in sustaining and holding on to your chips. So remember, listeners, you can't play two chips in, in the same game week. So if, if another game double game week comes up and you want to then wild card, maybe triple captain or bench boost. It's not possible. So you've got to. Prepare for your bench boost. You've got to prepare for your triple captain by means of playing your wild card before that. So I think it's good advice there, Leighton. If, if the following uh, blank game weeks and the subsequent doubles that come up, yeah. uh, utilizing your wild card to prepare for that is, is very good advice. And then you can pull the trigger on a bench boost. 
Yeah, I'm looking at bench boost this weekend, this uh, this game week. I'm probably going for the bench boost. I haven't quite decided. I will see closer to the time depending on the starting lineups. But a team, as we have said, that if uh, that have no chips left, or at least it seems that way, Sheffield, however, do start their double game week on the 28th against Liverpool. They are at home to Liverpool, so they've got they get to lose what uh, I believe would be twice in one week. I th- I don't know how long um, Liverpool will keep losing for you. You just think that there will be, that it will turn around. I I look, this. I I know it it was the Merseyside derby, but and and I'm glad that uh, Salah didn't get the penalty for for what was, what was very soft on, uh, obviously when he gets touched. But I was very disappointed to see. Um, a ref run over to a VAR monitor and watch the Calvert-Lewin incident uh, or dive, whatever you want to call it, and stick by the penalty. Did you watch? Uh, did you did you have the displeasure of watching that? Of course, it's a, it was a derby, a derby game. Uh, Liverpool, Everton, old enemies, uh, absolutely uh, watched that. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't let the clip roll on uh, far enough as well to, to make it. He, he was honest. I think it's one of the fastest VAR uh, on on, uh, on side field. of the field yeah. on field uh, viewings that I've seen. Um, Is it a again, pride thing? No, I think these guys have made a lot of blemishes uh, in over, over the season as well, and I, th- I think everyone is culpable. Um, I just think that probably in his mind he had a view of what he wanted to verify, and it's I think as well that the person sitting in the in the VAR box, they should be directing them to the actual the actual point of the incident. And and a lot of the time when you look at the replays, they're not showing them. They're showing they're not giving them context on, on in terms of the clip that they're showing them. They show it to them absolutely slowed down, or they show it to them at the wrong position. So. We gotta probably blame the guys sitting in the VAR box that are that are sending the images through to the to the on-field referees as well. But at the end of the day, um, the Richarlison goal was was clean and, and, and fair. So and, mm. and, and Liverpool were not in the game. So I, I don't want to. I, I, no, I take nothing Liverpool, away from the result. Uh, uh, fans in, bemoaning yeah. bemoaning the VAR decisions over the season, but it, it works out as swings and swings and roundabouts. And at the end of the day. Uh, if every time you touch Salah and and he and he goes down and he buys those penalties game in game out, um, then you deserve to get one or two other decisions go against you when you win as many. So as I said, swings and roundabouts. Richarlison, uh, Richarlison was clear on goal. Uh, you and I, I think the last time I was on the, I was on the pod and I made the comment that it was January transfer window open, having a plethora of problems in the back line in the defence. Why not go and buy a suitable uh, replacement? Back, yeah, you're right. So if you, if you didn't do it for whatever reason, uh, maybe there are some financial difficulties at the club, uh, but that's not that's not for public knowledge at the moment. But if you haven't bought that and you buy the young man uh, Kabak, um, then you got to take. He's, he seems a good defender, I must say that. Mm. Uh, but it's going to take time to get integrated to and yeah, used to yeah, it. Yeah. So if you've gone through a gone through a transfer window, didn't buy knowing you got like five five key def, uh, center backs injured, and you don't buy a good replacement, then then take your take your result, take the defeat. That that is that is 
team management and you can't really put it on Klopp, it's the guys who hold the purse strings at Liverpool. Yeah, for sure. No, I uh, I was just more about, and I don't know if I, I don't want to buy into your conspiracy theory thing. But I feel like I'm starting to lean towards <laughs> that, I, and I really don't want to believe that's true. And maybe I think that's it. But because I must, I must try and think. There was another, there was another incident in another match with another piss poor. Um, Decision. Uh, maybe maybe we hit it. Maybe I'll remember it as we go. I actually should have made note of that. However, Liverpool are playing away at Sheffield. I do think Liverpool get uh, get back into winning ways. I think maybe that's where they'll get three points from. I don't know if it will be the start of anything, um, as they themselves do have a double game week. Um, so playing away at Sheffield... I think Liverpool get the result there. I don't think it's necessarily going to be high scoring. As you have said, Sheffield don't uh, particularly leak goals. But then Liverpool are at home on the fourth, uh, which uh, ends out this game week uh, to Chelsea. So, Liverpool, what do you think? Sheffield, Sheffield, Liverpool, where, where do you land on that one? Nathan, I'm worried, especially with the fact that Henderson got the injury and Henderson mm. went out. Uh, your other leader in the team, Milner, he's injured. Fabinho then is one of the other people that, that leads the team as well in terms of on-field uh, controlling and bossing of the game. Uh, so you're lacking a, a significant amount of leadership uh, uh, on the center of the park. Yeah. And I think my biggest gripe with Liverpool is when you guys feel Thiago, you guys have way too many uh, luxury players on the pitch. And uh, what I mean by that is the players who don't work uh, out of position as hard for the ball. Uh, Mohamed Salah is one of them, and uh, Firmino is the other. So if you, Firmino does great work in, in the attacking third in terms of pressing, and but in terms you won't find Firmino tackling back uh, on the uh, on uh, on the edge of the D as an example. And uh, when you have add Thiago to the mix, then you've got three luxury players and a lot of and, and one of the things that. That stood out, if you think of uh, Mesut Ozil not getting into the Arsenal side. Yeah, there were some other other uh, issues regarding his comments around China, but Mesut Ozil is also another ultimate luxury player, and Arteta mm. didn't want that. And, 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 he, and Arteta brings in the likes of Smith Rowe, and he plays Saka. Um, Ole plays, I mean, Fred is diabolical, but Fred is such a hard-working, runs 90 minutes. And Liverpool right now... They put on too many luxury footballers onto the pitch who don't really tackle back, who don't really work for the team. Mm. I've seen the press there, the but I, I've seen obviously a distinct lack in uh, in finishing I, quality. The, the final the final ball through is well, horrendous. Sal- Salah's got three assists this season uh, because he wants to, and I think that's something that needs to be discussed is that when your team's in a bad spot, surely if you're not clear on goal, pass it to the open guy, look for the open guy. So Salah continues to be a hero for himself and win individual accolades. But for the team, I don't think Mohamed Salah's been that great uh, this season. Mm. Yes, he's the league. people think, what am I smoking? He's the league, league's leading goal scorer, but look where your team is sitting. Yeah. Look how few goals that Firmino and how few goals Mane have. Because once the ball goes to Salah, he, he either takes his times or he takes the space. Yeah, he's, be, he's mostly moving on to his left foot to try to then, call it into it, that top right corner. And then when he's when he's closed down or he, he, he runs out of space, he falls he to the ground. Pop, 
dead or he passes a really weak pass or, or pass mm. that's not that's not in an attacking uh, attacking flow for the team. So I, yeah, I said, and and I've called. I think in the beginning, one of the pods, the first the original pods, and I said Liverpool are not creating enough. They dominate and they take advantage of mistakes. But and they pressed them. those mistakes. Uh, it was part yes. of the game plan, but there yes. has been a, a lack of impetus in their in their play of and late. It goes, it goes back to the Thiago thing. So Thiago loses every second ball that he that, that he has. When he's in mm. position, he turns over position a lot, and he doesn't tackle back enough to win position. He's got mm. a great vision. He's got great movement, reading and understanding of the game. But when you have Firmino, who's kind of fulfilling the similar role, where you've got Salah who doesn't really work, work his socks off coming back. Yeah. You've got three luxury players on the pitch. Uh, not many Premier League teams can afford that. Uh, you find City will not, Pep will not allow it at City. A team like Leeds, if you don't work in the Leeds team, you sit on the bench. There's no ways you get on. Yeah. So right now, Klopp is entertaining three luxury players. Jamie Carragher made the point that team that lost to Everton had 10 Champions League winners on the pitch. Yes, it's uh, mm. tough to think, man. Yeah, so, but then Liverpool do, they, they, like I said, they do end out their game week, uh, Liverpool versus Chelsea. And Chelsea themselves have, apart from their draw to Southampton, they, they were on a pretty decent run. And there has been, obviously, a, a change in in the approach, in the, in the play since uh, Tuchel has been there. Uh, very much more a defensive unit first. At least I think so. At least that's what it looks like. Um, with that being said, uh, would they be pushing the counter-attack against Liverpool? Because Liverpool will continue to press. That that will happen. Liverpool will press high. Um, and if Liverpool lack the final the final ball in to, to the box, because Liverpool aren't historically known to be shooting from outside of the box, uh, especially when you don't start players like Shakiri and Oxlade Chamberlain, you know you've got them on the bench, but you're starting Curtis Jones. And look, the kid's good and he's young, but there's plenty that he's still got to learn. Plenty that he's still got to do. Why, uh, why, why not to use the um, the seasoned options, uh, quality options that you do have. Uh, on the field, and if they don't, they play against Chelsea, who are starting, that, that are building the right way. And, yo, I don't know. It's, I think Liverpool, like I said, get the win against Sheffield, but I don't think it's necessarily the start of a of a winning run. I think it's going to be tough for them to make top four if uh, if nothing changes. If something, if they don't change what they're doing, nothing's going to change for them. And I don't know if they land up getting a point against Chelsea on the end of the game week. So, Leighton, who's going to be playing centre-back for you guys this uh, double game week? Uh, probably Mane so. or someone. <laughs> I think the commentators mentioned you guys have had 18 different centre-back combinations this season. So, obviously, the Van Dijk injury is something that mm-hmm. we can be a very good excuse for, for Liverpool's poor performance. Uh, to your point, and I like the fact you raised, because... When, when they brought Shakiri on, and I remember Shakiri at Stoke, and Shakiri was their talisman. Mm. He could change the game. He's got good feet. He's, he's, he's brilliant on the ball in terms of close he control. He even works back now as well. Yes, yes, correct. Uh, and I watch Curtis Jones, and he gives the ball away. He makes the wrong decision. And he's a youngster, so we're not going to hold that against him. But how does 
how does Curtis Jones start ahead of Oxley Chamberlain and Shakiri when you guys are struggling for that creative uh, flair in the team? Uh, so that that that's something um, would be nice to, to if we could get an answer from Klopp. So Jurgen, if you're listening, you can drop us an email on uh, at LTV Sportscast and there's yeah, it's no feedback part. at uh, at. Uh... Why would you? Why would you start? Uh, Curtis Jones, who's, who's, who's finding his feet. I'm not saying he's a poor player, but he's still a youngster. So you, I like the fact that you raised that. Um, and the and game he will come good. He has the qualities. Time. You can see that there's Time. potential there, but he, he cannot be playing week in and week out, especially in front of a makeshift defense. He is not solid enough to be putting that position. And like Oxlade Chamberlain, man, that that will, guy will run up and down. Like you're talking about the Smith and Fred running himself dead for 90 minutes. Ox will do that for Liverpool. And I think that's kind of forgotten because it might be a little bit of that complacency. Well, we're champions. Uh, let's let's enjoy the season. You know, COVID's an excuse because there's always excuses. Losers have excuses. Winners have results. And uh, at, at the end of the day, that, that, is, that does seem to be, to be a, a very poor momentum shift. Um, a mental shift probably is a better word to say for Liverpool. But uh, yes, so I, I'm looking at Chelsea and I'm thinking to myself, I do like um, Alonso in defence. I think you'll be quite a, a safe a safe bet in the Chelsea squad to get a return. You know, like, you know, he's going to get you, he's going to keep ticking over the points. And I think we alluded to that in a conversation off air at some time. Uh, Mason Mount, he's he's not going to get you lots of goals, like you said, but we are in agreement that he's he's gonna he's gonna be on penalties, he's gonna be on free kicks. What what other Chelsea options will you be looking at? Listen, I still not Timo though. I don't think Tuchel's got it because he brought in he brought in Ziyech as well over the weekend when things were when they were not as creative. The big talking point was he substituted. Uh, Callum Hudson Odoi on around half time, and uh, you took him out after 20 minutes of playing. So that was a big talking point of um, in terms of what to show. He was his go-to guy eh? at first. Correct. Yes, he played him. He played him on the right when he, and, and he didn't let uh, Reese James. It was Aspilaqueta and and Callum Hudson Odoi. So that that's interesting. And then Zh Zh apparently is requesting to leave the club as well because he's not part of that formation. So. Timo running, Timo running at your makeshift centre back pairing. Uh, this 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 could ignite Timo's <laughs> season. We've said that so many times. Yeah, I'm not going to well. say that anymore. Uh, so yeah, I, I think until Timo until Timo gets a hat trick. So normally I like to be on the player before the hat trick happens, and uh. this could be the game that Timo does it and sets his name up in lights. Uh, but yeah, I think he's flattered to deceive far too often this season. So I think on any of the Chelsea assets. Um, because also now we don't know what's what's happening with Ben Chilwell with Alonso playing on the left, and Chilwell was a new signing. Chilwell's done pretty well, but with the formation and the shape that Tuchel's playing, so I think I'm very wary of any Chelsea assets, as mm-hmm. you alluded to. Mason's going to start, and it's pretty interesting that he took the penalty as well. If I'm not mistaken, Jorginho was on the pitch at the time, so the expectation was that Jorginho, and if not Jorginho, that. Timo would have taken it, but Mason took the penalty. So there's obviously some changes within the Chelsea side. So until until they settle, and again they play in Liverpool. So Liverpool, 
Uh, and to quote Andreas, uh, sorry, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I, I went to quickly go check at uh, the time that the penalty Georgina wasn't on yet. So well, okay. So form is temporary, class is permanent. You know, Andreas loves that saying, and you see him keep Salah in his team, most captain Salah most often. Uh, and and that's the thing. Chelsea is playing Liverpool, so I wouldn't I wouldn't overinvest in any of the Chelsea assets. If you yeah, have sure. them, keep them. But I'm I'm not ask uh, I'm not. Um, suggesting or recommending you bring in any of the Chelsea players to to batter a Liverpool team that's down on their luck at the moment. Mm. Liverpool, Liverpool are no whooping boys, uh, so they should they should bounce back at a, at, a, at some stage. I think they've had enough time between games. Um, they haven't had any European involvements this week, so I think uh, that, that that'll give them some time to, to to come back. But again, a lot will be dependent on the Sheffield game. Mm. Uh, if that goes the wrong way, if that goes south, then then the Liverpool's going to be really down on their luck. But I think that probably Sheffield will be a bit of a confidence boost for them, mm. and there should be a good showing against against uh, Chelsea. I'll actually go one 0 Liverpool against Chelsea. Yes, from your lips to God's ears, man. Let's hope so. Uh, as a Liverpool fan, I I ask for that. Um, for every Chelsea fan out there, they uh, they must be licking their lips, thinking, yes, if we don't uh, win against Manchester United at the, at the first the first of their double game weeks, they definitely think they might have and a very good chance at winning at Liverpool. But let's talk about that Chelsea versus Man United. Man United, they get results. And I tell you what, though, it was a, I know, I know it was against a Newcastle, but Saint Max sure. looked fantastic. Leighton, I thought Newcastle were playing at home, and we were. We, and, and Man United were one player or two players down the way we went at them, the way we engaged them, the way we took the game to them. Yeah. And those those two goals, I actually stopped after after the after the Daniel James goal. I I, I switched off. I, I didn't I didn't continue watching, so I didn't see Bruno's penalty. Um, it was goal, fantastic. He put it in the back the, of the net. He the goal, never misses. The goal that he the goal that Rashford cut in, and I, I have Rashford in my FPL team, but the yeah. goal that he cut in beating Dalo on the near post. So yeah. both of the goals beat Dalo on his near post. Both of them, uh, if you have to give Daniel James and Rashford to take that over again, 9 out of 10, Dalo saves them. But my, my, as you said, Man United get results. So I watched the game. I can't see Bruno influencing the game. I can't see. And a lot of people this season have compared him amongst the greats of the greatest of greats uh, in world football. I've watched Zidane play and and, and, we, and I mentioned Bruno in the same breath as Zidane because they're playing a similar position. But with Zidane, you could see what's going to happen. You could see the creativity. He pulled the strings. Uh, you could see yeah. him opening up. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne does the same. Jack Grealish does the same. Bruno Fernandes does sweet F all. I mean, he slid in. The ball hit him on his leg. It went over to, Reece, to, to Daniel James. He whacks the ball and Bruno gets the assist. <laughs> Rashford, who's been on penalties forever and a day, wins the penalty. Bruno goes and takes it. So it seems Rashford's completely... At a stage, the comment was they'll share penalties. So Rashford's completely off penalties. And then Bruno gets uh, Bruno, double... Bruno will return. take all the penalties this year. <laughs> and during the during the summer break, Rashford can take all the... Um, all, all the... The world tour, in, in, training in the camps, the all that. He could take all those penalties. Yeah, I, and I see that probably is going to happen. And uh, 
So I watch Bruno play, and he, and he doesn't and he doesn't do much. But then he gets his worldy goals or whatnot. I don't think his his return rate is sustainable. I think at some stage he's going to go off. He's going to revert to an uh, average mean uh, of what he because in the big games you see Bruno go missing. When 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 uh, Man United need him in a semi final, when Man United need him against a top European side against yeah, a but top guy, you, side. You say that. You say that. Is the game against Chelsea? A big game for them. Is it really? I think, I think it is. So you I, think I, uh, you think uh, I think Fernandez so Chelsea, is missing this this game. Uh, well, Chelsea are at home. Uh, two sh- you, you got a certain, and that that's one thing that that sets Chelsea apart from any team in the league. There's a certain N'Golo Kante that plays in that midfield. What field. a machine! And that's what you a machine. said. You said it. So when 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 N'Golo's on, and he's on every game, but there's some games. Where every tackle he takes the ball, every time there's a breakdown in play, it's N'Golo Kante. If he has one of those games, Bruno's gone. Bruno's go- gone at halftime. That's, right, but that's the have, level. have I not preached that from from day one why I think FPL scoring should yes. change? Yes. Because the defensive midfielder, no great team in the history of football, doesn't have a fantastic defensive midfielder. No, absolutely. Take the no, you... take the rail that won three out out of five years. Uh, Claude Makélélé was their defensive midfielder. Yeah, Gattuso, Gattuso at AC Milan. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't change if you don't have a quality defensive midfielder um, who does yeah. also pushes the ball. It's like Henderson was pushing the ball for Liverpool, but, and then they they slot him into the middle of defense, and then it completely negates his his top quality that he brings to the field. Anyway, no, I don't want to talk about Liverpool fair. right now. Let's get back to the fact that uh, Chelsea and Colocante in there, if he does what he does best, you, I think you, you might be right. He closes and, down Fernandes. And, and, and Mason Mount works his socks off as well. So Tuchel, Tuchel and he, I think Tuchel made the point the previous game that if you're not willing to work, I'm going to take you out. Even so if I brought team... you on for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's right. That's point. Must happen. Point. Absolutely. So they're going to work. They're going to work. And and if you if you have a Pogba, you have a uh, Bruno. Uh, they they tend to stroll through games. They're also luxury players. Mm. So United really struggle. Man United struggles when Bruno and Pogba are on the pitch together because then you've got two to three. If Martial's on, you've got three luxury players again who don't really work for the ball. Yeah. So I'm 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 going for Chelsea for the win. I think Tuchel wants to make his mark. This is their first real test. Okay. They haven't, they haven't come up against the real big boys. They're coming off good European form, beating Atletico. Giroud got a goal last night. Mm. So he seems to get goals pretty often, eh? Yeah, and I don't understand I, why they play Tammy. Beats me. Tammy is such a great Championship uh, striker. He's not Premier League material, and why they play him, I can't. I can't understand it. Especially if you look at what Giroud did, having Mbappe on 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 his on his right, because if you turn and he faces, theoretically on his left and Griezmann on his right, hmm. uh, in the World Cup, and he he won the World Cup for France without uh, scoring a goal. And if you compare and you look at the likes of Pulisic, you look at the likes of uh, Timo, hmm. they have the same pace and speed to burn. So why not copy mimic that strategy? But anyways, I think. Uh, I think Chelsea beat United. Uh, although United, low, hot and cold, I just can't see. Uh, they they struggle as well. They struggle to break teams down. And with Rudiger, uh, Aspilicueta, they got uh, some uh, seasoned 
uh, experienced defenders mm. in, in that Chelsea back so, line. So, quick question, Jay. You're taking that Chelsea, and let's say they get the result over United, then they are travelling to Anfield to play Liverpool. If they get the result against Man United, how does that affect the affect the, <laughs> the game that follows? Are you still standing by the one 0 Liverpool? They could no, yes, the overconfidence, overconfidence, and 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 at the end okay. of the day, the Man United's game is going to take a, take its toll on them. How many days apart is the game? Uh, they both play on the twenty eighth, uh, their first matches, and then they play on the fourth. So it's the Sunday and then the Thursday. So there's a fair amount of. There's a fair yeah. amount of space. Well, I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think they if, if they if they beat or when they beat Man United, I think they'll be will be maybe overconfident and and thinking. And Leighton, um, you don't lose your your class overnight, and Liverpool's going to be at home. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I just going to. I just want to point that out though. And again, you you have mentioned the fact that Liverpool have lost as many defenders, a central defensive pairing. We did see what happened when a youth side played against Aston Villa in a Carling Cup in the previous season. It's not when when the the core defensive core of the team is missing. The the drive of the team, the central drive of the team is missing. It's maybe not fair to to say this is the same Liverpool. It, no, it becomes very difficult. Anyway, yes, Jay. So many games. Okay, I think yeah. Fabinho. Le, 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 mm-hmm. I think Fabinho could be could be back. He seemed there seems to be some positive news around Fabinho. Um, Virgil Van Dijk looked fantastic climbing the stairs and sitting down there with his bottle of juice. So, I nearly I mean, cried when I saw him. Watch watching how he plays. I mean, that's and he doesn't do much when he plays as well. He just steps in the right position. He's, he's in the right position all the time because so, he plays so well. No, no, I'm saying so he doesn't need to tackle, he doesn't need to head. So I wonder if we can't see him in the shirt come on the pitch just to occupy the space. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, how bad his injury is and what's the recovery time because, I mean, for him to be at the stadium, it's quite positive news. Uh, and I'm sure they're probably rushing to get him back uh, fit. Um, just on that note, Leighton, I think, same, I think Newcastle's got the same issue as Liverpool. The medical staff there, I mean, they are the pits. You watch Leeds, they play the same team game in, game out. Those players run flat out for 90 minutes, mm. and um, they seem to come off fine. Uh, you look at a Matt Tip, uh, when Milner, whoever, we can name half the Liverpool yeah, team. Yeah, but let's, let's not, let's not, purely for time. I, I know we've got so many games to get through, Guy, if you don't mind. Uh, and I, I, I can harp on the Liverpool problems right now as much as anyone. I just... I don't think our listeners want to listen to that. I think that they'll they'll be like, listen. If I want to listen to something depressing, I'll turn on the Liverpool uh, low lights. Let me just let me just finish the point there. That yeah. From the medical staff and player mm. health and player recovery, this probably there's something to be looked at there in the Liverpool team because this season it's been it's been shockingly bad. Right. You're 100% correct, Guy. Um, so back to Chelsea. Obviously, they play against Manchester United. Manchester United, you think they lose 1-0. But then Man United, they travel away to Crystal Palace. And they're great at traveling. I'd just like to point out, they're great at traveling. Uh, both games, they do play away. And they do play a Palace. Now, Palace got the win. And man, what a goal with Benteke. That was, <laughs> I think, the, the two Palace goals against Brighton. Although what was very much a, against the run of play. Two fantastic finishes. I, I think I think two podcasts ago that I was on, yeah, I mentioned a certain Benteke. If you're looking for a bit of a, if you're looking for a bit of a player, and mm. uh, yeah, and uh, he's, he's 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 coming along quite nicely. Zaha is still a big miss uh, for Palace, mm. so that was a bit of a 
unexpected result. I thought Brighton would have uh, would have turned it, uh, considering they've been on a on a good hot streak as well. Um, yeah, no, I think I, Crystal Palace has been a bit of a voodoo team for Man United, especially if you think back at some of the results at uh, Old Trafford. So that could be that could be a tough game. And I once don't know, again, man. yeah, but you're, I think you're right. Brighton destroyed them. I mean, destroyed them. I think uh, I think Palace had like three three attempts all game against Brighton. But that's that's Roy Hodgson. He doesn't want to play football with with in position. He doesn't want to play football with the football. He just wants to sit back and absorb pressure and take what you're getting. And if I can catch you on the counter and sucker punch you, I'll take the victory via set piece or via a free kick. Or, or something of the sort. Mm. So, and Man United struggle to break these low block teams. They do not play through the lines. They don't pass through the lines that well. Uh, maybe Rashford falls in the penalty in the penalty area, and they get another penalty. Um, so, this could be an interesting. This could be a, a banana skin game. We could see United out of the the top four uh, come this double game week if results go against them. They're both away, as you said. Very good point, but. Because I keep on going against United. I keep on having the sentiment that I'm sharing right now. And Bruno keeps on getting double-digit returns on the mm. road, goal and assist. So um, for for the listeners, every one of my predictions with Man United, I think you made the point earlier, they get the results. However ugly and however against the run of mm. play and against football, they are Man United, and here's a horrible comment I'm going to make, Man United's football is anti-football. Because the results go, the, the decisions go their way, the results go their way. And when you watch them, especially the, the Newcastle game, and I'm a bit bitter because <laughs> they looked, they looked like the wayside. Newcastle, but yes. that's the that's the best way that they play. At at home, at at, at their fortress, at, at Old Trafford, they look like the wayside. And for them to come across and win, and for them to be sitting second on the log, uh, it leaves a bit of taste in the mouth. So I think. I think it'll be a difficult game. It could it could be a nil nil even because of the low block that Crystal Palace adapts. Depending on how uh, the squad and injuries etc. for Palace, uh, mm. conservatively let me let me let me let me let me side with you a little bit in terms of going with the waveform etc. and how good they've been on the road. Uh, One nil to Chris, to to Man United, but uh, yeah, I I think I think Crystal Palace could could turn them over. Okay, I, I don't share that sentiment. I do think. Um at this point in time, looking at a Chelsea versus Man United and a Crystal Palace versus Man United, Man United either walk out with four points or with possibly six. I don't know if Chelsea get the win over United in the first game because I, I do think, I don't know when, who has Chelsea faced of uh, supreme quality? Uh, since two shells joined. Tottenham. No? Yeah. Isn't it Tottenham? I think that's the... Yeah, they they, I think they played Tottenham was the toughest game that they played. Yeah, and they did get the one 0 win over there. But then again, it was also a game that I did. I do think I called that game as well, purely because Tottenham didn't have the cane at that time. Um, and again, I, I stressed the, the fact that Tottenham are a very different squad when they don't have a complete attacking unit. However, um, talking about attacking units and a team that seems to be quite uh, quite exciting of late. Fulham, I know that this is now Crystal Palace's other game, but uh, from the 28th, they're also playing. So Crystal Palace versus Fulham. Fulham are away, uh, traveling, obviously, to Crystal Palace. Um, how does 
how does Fulham now stack up against a Crystal Crystal Palace? At this point in time, Crystal Palace have come off uh, a victory, and do you think they're going to be going back-to-back victories? Because Fulham are going to come at them, and, and Fulham have been exciting of late. Uh, Lookman obviously um, was instrumental in in the victory over Sheffield, but then again, it was also a victory over Sheffield. Uh, Leighton, as I said, uh, Hudson likes to play football without the ball. So if if you give that to to Fulham, you give them time, you give them space, and you give them confidence. Ad- Lookman is a very very confident player. Mm. Um, I think Ruben Loftus Cheek as well, whilst on loan from Chelsea, he's added another dimension. Uh, to that Fulham bow, I, Fulham's three points behind Newcastle. That's 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 the, that's the worrying thing. So I'm going to be screaming for Crystal Palace in the game. But when you when you're that close in terms of getting out of the the, the relegation zone and it's three points, um, this could be. And, and Newcastle's got a tough game against Wolves. So this could be this could be the the turning point for for Fulham to get out of that relegation zone if Newcastle lose and. Uh, they win, they tied, and it comes down then to goal differences. So I think I think if you're looking from an FBL point of view, I think Lookman is a very good, very good punt, and it's a double game week for him. Um, so I think that's something to look at um, there because Crystal Palace are comfortable. They don't really, and that's what that's what they want. That's what they do every season: just get by um, some somewhere in the, on the bottom half, the, the the top half of the bottom of the of the log. If you get what I'm meaning by that. Yeah. Uh, they just want to stay in that 12, 13th position and they, and they, and they survive another season. Uh, similar to a Burnley in that regard. Oh, so so you don't if, think they want to travel like in Europe? It's just like uh, you, you think they just, they just want to hang out where they are? Like we're in the Premier uh, League, um, we I don't, don't have think, funds yeah. to travel. Correct. I don't think there's enough money. <laughs> I don't think they have a big enough squad. Uh, and, uh, so are you telling me them. they're pulling their punches, Jay? No, 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 no. I just think they're probably more for financial financial entity than more for a passionate football club, similar to Burnley, very similar to Burnley. Okay. Um, so I think if they if they if they give away possession, etc., uh, Fulham could Fulham's going to go at them. Fulham, yeah. this is a big opportunity for Fulham. And if you again, if you play an FPL, you want to punt, you want to utilize the people, the, the the players who've got the most to gain, those who are pushing, who have who have a additional drive. Lookman's your guy. Okay. Lookman's your guy, and then if you're looking probably at a loftus cheek, because there's always those players. Every double game week, I think the previous one it was um, Gundogan that that popped up. Uh, this this game week here we had a few, uh, and I mean even the previous double game week, uh, Arsenal had a single game, and um, Aubameyang walked away with a hat trick. So there's yes. always those there's always those players that that's not on that that are under the radar that pops up. So maybe. Have a look at if you're looking at a, another Fulham, Fulham asset. Maybe uh, Dekodova Reed could be another Fulham asset to consider. Okay, because Fulham's second game, obviously you're not going to be wanting to look, get anything in the Fulham defense. Fulham are at home to Tottenham, and for a game that's uh, that does suit Tottenham, Fulham are going to be coming at them, which is going to allow Tottenham to to break. And Tottenham will be coming at them at pace. Now, this is one of the games when you look, if you've got uh, a, uh, a Young Ming Son in or you've got a Harry Kane, wow, Harry Kane is probably somebody. And I believe you alluded to that earlier in a, in a very different conversation when I was busy jabbering about my team to you uh, and the fact that I couldn't afford to bring Harry Kane in without wild carding or making some very um, drastic changes. 
this is a game that Tottenham can go off. You get the feeling that the, this will be one of those matches where the Tottenham attack comes out to play. And with Bale, he's not playing tonight. And I believe the last time I saw, when I saw the, the score, uh, Tottenham were leading 1-0 this evening. And Bale is not playing midweek for the first time in a long time. That means the, that it looks like he's going to be breaking into that starting lineup for the Premier League uh, games week in and week out. What do we take from that one? Well, Bell got the assist this previous game week. What a fantastic corner and what a header from Lucas Moura. Um, I'm captaining Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Jose is, is a quality manager, uh, despite his, his negative football, etc., parking the bus. So he's been on, a, on, on also another losing streak. So I think there's a three teams, I think, that haven't had the great run in Southampton, Liverpool, and Tottenham. And um, Tottenham and Liverpool both have some quality management uh, driving them. So I think uh, Tottenham's got to got to turn the corner, uh, especially losing t- in, in the derby game as well to to West Ham. So I'm uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting big things from Harry Kane. Uh, if you can get in Yung Son as well, because Yung Son has has gone flat recently. So generally, Son is a very high ceiling, high explosive player. Mm. If you have him, keep him. If you don't have him, and you've got the Son or Bale? Right now, if you're looking at it, um, they're, they're priced pretty much the same. Uh, well, Bale hasn't, hasn't, doesn't have a goal. In the, he's got one. He's got one goal in the Premier League, if I, can, if I recall correctly. Uh, it was a header that he came on to, to, to equalize, if I'm not mistaken. So, and, and Son's got plenty. So yeah, I, but Bale try, has, if you're, try, chasing, if you're chasing points, Guy. Bell has zero point three percent ownership. Then I think uh, so. If Bale scores, probably Son gets the assist, or or, or Kane gets the assist in, in Bale scoring. I again, depending where you're sitting and what you're mm. trying to achieve, uh, I think based on Tottenham's poor form and the coming out of the recent double, so a lot of people are going to have Rafinha and, and things like that in their teams. They're not going to make the move to bring in Son based mm. on the last two results. So, Son, can you see what Son's ownership at the moment? Son's ownership is pretty high. I just want to point out, obviously, that uh, Fulham is uh, the second game that Tottenham are playing. Their first game is Burnley. Burnley. So, yes. uh, again, I'm not sure. That see, that could be one of those low-scoring 51% ownership for Son. Um, so, if you are wanting to make a a game, Son's probably not your guy, is, is what I'm thinking. I did look at I, I, I couldn't quite... Um, kill the feeling of watching watching Bell against uh, West Ham I know they, they lost to West Ham but the amount of chances that he created and wow when the the, the crispness that he hits hits a football when he hit that crossbar from outside the box man I, I, I can see myself getting on the Bale train sooner rather than later because he can be getting assists to everyone around the field so he could be giving assists to to Kane, to Son, you name it, he can he can be on there. Is what I'm thinking. But so yes, let, I, mm. can we call Bale your differential punt for the game week? That some something that you'd want to recommend uh, to the to the listeners that Gale, Bale could be the one. It, it could be, it could be, yeah. or 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 there's a good chance my captain for this game week is going to be Dominic Calvert Lewin. Uh, I'm not saying that he goes to the ground easily. 
but that's irrelevant right now because I, th- I think the man is prime. But okay, let, let's get into Everton's games just now. Just finishing over here. Tottenham versus Burnley. Uh, how, how do you see the, the first game going? Do you think because Burnley is a defensive side, we, we're in agreement that Tottenham, we're, we, that Tottenham should smash Fulham, right, in, in the second game? Yes, it's, it's another London derby, and Fulham's gonna gonna try again to to claw, chase down on, on Newcastle. So they they're gonna come out. Fulham's got nothing to lose now. So mm. They're gonna come out, and uh, they're gonna go at Spurs. And Spurs have not been great the form, and Spurs likes to play uh, on the counter as well. Okay, but the first game that Spurs play is against Burnley. Burnley don't like to come out and play. You can say that again. Uh, and Burnley's got uh, solid, uh, solid uh, defensive line. I mean, Tarkovsky, Burnley, uh, and and Nick Pope. They 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 pretty they pretty solid and, and experienced there in terms of keeping clean sheets, etc. Um, having said that, I, I I'm very bullish on Spurs this this double game. Like, I have to be because I'm captaining. Yeah, Ken. for sure. Uh, but I think the caution and what you allude to is that uh, yeah, Burnley Burnley could keep. Could keep keep them keep them honest and Burn- and Burnley is not an the only team that I know that rolls Burnley over consistently is uh, Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, Burnley don't don't roll over for many other teams. So Burnley will be a tough nut to crack. Sean Dyche's t- team is always difficult to break down. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good contrast. Spurs are going to do something. They've had they've had quite a horrid run. So they're going to do something. They're going to come out and if they. If they take, if they don't get maximum and they don't perform here, I would even go as far as saying that that Jose's Jose's jobs could be could be on the line because it pushes them out of uh, European uh, Champions League positions, and that that race for the top four is is so so hot and so tight at the moment. Mm. And if Jose doesn't get them into Champions League, they finish again trophyless. They finish trophyless, but two 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 wins, two wins are the double game week. Who knows? So okay. yeah, then. The, so they've got again. When it's a big six team, and then we sit in hindsight and you say, "Oh, it, it Spurs." They four four nil, three nil as an example. And in hindsight, we say, "Oh, why didn't we see that Spurs? Spurs is from uh, is, makes part of the former big six teams in the league." So mm-hmm. we must always, as an FPL player, always consider those players from those teams because they do come up with a result, and no one should be shocked when it's a four nil, five nil, and they've yeah. done it. Hundred percent, Kane and Son have done it this season. Yeah, and that's why I believe it's going to happen for you in the Fulham game. I do think the Burnley game could land up being a nil-nil draw. Really, the way because I don't see Burnley coming out attacking Tottenham. So um, from that aspect, it's 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 going to be Burnley are travelling to to White Hart Lane. Oh, no, not White Hart Lane anymore. We're London Stadium. London, London Stadium. They're, they're going to be traveling to London Stadium. They're going to probably get a point there as far as I'm concerned. But then they are at home to Leicester on the third. And Leicester, man, if there's someone that can break the Burnley down, I think Leicester can do it. Uh, I, I, I agree. Just, uh, just a word of caution is uh, James Madison. Because I think he took a knock in the game. He came off. Uh, so he's he's he passes through the lines. He opens up the channels, and if he's not, he's standing in space, ready to unleash a one-shot finish like he did uh, over the weekend. So Madison, Madison is as as 
bubbled under nice and quietly. He's been a great differential. Mm. Um, anyone who's got a bit of courage to have both Madison and Barnes on your side. And to those flying high in FPL, that's those are the calls you need to make. If you want to set yourself apart from, from, from the top guys, if you doubled up on Barnes and, and Madison, you'd be smiling at the moment because they've both had the last two game weeks uh, quite a phenomenal performances. And it seems that Leicester's, uh, Leicester has a lot less reliance on Jamie Vardy. A player that I want to, uh, that I want to punt uh, going forward for the re- remainder of the season, and he's also been uh, the cause of a lot of my bad performances, uh, is uh, Ricardo Pereira. So he's almost playing in midfield now, so he's an out-of-position uh, defender playing in midfield, and he's so attacking. Uh, and I, I did not buy James Justin because I waited for Pereira to come back. And he's come back now at the tail end of the season. And he starts. And this previous game week, he played in front of Castagne. So Castagne played behind him, and he played in front of Castagne. And he had a few pot shots on goal. So he's got a big haul in him. Uh, like playing, a Stuart Dallas kind of guy as well. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. So Stuart Dallas, everyone, because he played most of the season, everyone knows Stuart Dallas. The one that's bubbling under is uh, Ricardo Pereira. They... They, they, Leicester is flying. They're playing great. One of the better football teams to watch uh, over the weekend. For sure. Uh, probably, probably not not so much that Liverpool game. Yeah, so, look, they call a spade a spade. And I, I, did, I know we did go through it. In, for we're not, Actually, we're not going to go through it again. Liverpool pressed for X amount of minutes for most of the game. And then they were caught and they were hurt. At, yeah, uh, what happened, happened. And football's look, about... Scoring goals exactly, and, um, yeah. So I've, we have to, we have alluded to James Madison. So just mm. just be on the lookout for uh, Brendan Rodgers' press conference as to Madison's fitness, yeah. and the guy that seems to be having his breakthrough season Holy is Harvey Barnes. Man. What so he's he's got a lot of confidence. He did the post match interview as well, and he, and he, and one of the things they they asked him about is his performance, and he said, yeah, it's the confidence, and he's got, got straight from Harvey Barnes himself. So he's not passing to Jamie Vardy as often, and he's not uh, in awe of Jamie Vardy as he was in the previous season because all roads went through Jamie Vardy in the past. Mm. So I think, uh, and and Jamie could be a good foil for Harvey because everyone's so yes, exactly. of the runs, and he creates the space on the left-hand side for Harvey Barnes to cut in. So, yeah, again, those of you chasing at the top, you're looking to, to get ahead in your mini leagues, brave move, but that's the moves, and that's the moves we talk about uh, pulling off, especially when it comes off, you say bringing a double Leicester, Madison, uh, Barnes type of combination. But, but let's not forget the fact that Leicester still have Vardy, and he is still a threat, and he can still get those points. He is playing. And I know their first game is against Arsenal, and there's nothing preventing from from Va- preventing Vardy from getting uh, points in both uh, in both games. Yeah, absolutely, Leighton. Vardy is lethal. He's probably the most he's the most clinical striker in the Premier League. <laughs> probably people argue that with Harry Kane. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say Harry Kane because Harry Kane's a natural finisher. Vardy, Vardy just yeah, it's he. he I, don't, I, I don't think I very often see Vardy put in a, a soft touch into the back of the net. It's like boom, it's past the goalie, but he gets the job done and that's at the end of the day that's the most important thing and yes he does return last two games I mean he got a, a goal against Liverpool he got a um, an assist against uh, Aston Villa so he has 
got two returns in the last two games. And as long as he's on the field and he's fit and he's healthy, like you have said, it is the foil for Harvey Barnes. And Harvey Barnes is just, if people are not playing um, Jamie Vardy, and I think that's a 19% ownership, the Harvey Barnes is at a 14% ownership. And whichever way you look at it, those are still at those numbers compared to you look at the Yingming Song of 51%. Those are differentials, guy. You, you can pick anybody out of that uh, if Madison's fit as well, 15% ownership. Th- those are differential players at that point, at Absolutely. that percentage. And this late in the season, you need to ask yourself, how many people brought in Harvey Barnes in game week one into their teams or game week two and they've not touched their teams? So Harvey Barnes is in a dead team that makes up that 14%. So that, that's highly highly probable as well. So probably the real figure is probably around 7 to 8% of active teams have him in. Uh, because this year, the, the competition in midfield with the likes of Gundogan and Fernandez returning quite regularly, mm-hmm. it makes it very difficult to... And you've got to be a brave man not to have a Fernandez or a Gundogan in your, in your side at the moment. But that's what it's going to take. So if you want to break through the ceiling and get into that top 1,000 and go on further, you've got those are the calls that you need to make uh, this season. Okay, so Jay, the Leicester versus Arsenal game, and it's uh, Arsenal. It's a single game in the game week for them, so they don't have two. Um, Leicester are at home against Arsenal. I know Arsenal did not get the the result this past week against Manchester City, but for a large time in the game, Arsenal looked on it. Well, for the first half, Arsenal didn't even pitch up. Uh, I was wondering who's who's the who's the home side and who's the away side. But that's they, always a thing. Yeah. But um, they 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 fought through that, and in the second half, they 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 did they did come to the party and they did give City a, a scare or two. Mm. I think I think Bukayo Saka has just come on leaps and bounds yeah. as the season's gone. He's grown absolutely this season, um, and he a lot of attacking uh, opportunities come via him. Um, the Odegaard, Odegaard is the other guy. So uh, Ma- Ian Wright uh, alluded to why not play uh, Odegaard, Smithrow, as well as Saka. And probably that could be the case. So I'm going to go, having watched both teams play, um, I think Arsenal needs a win. And I think Leicester's got momentum that you can't believe. This could be an exciting 2-2, if not a 3-3 game. Because uh, Leicester scores a bunch of goals these days. And Arsenal have enough firepower uh, to to penetrate that uh, Leicester defence. Leicester defence, Leslie Fofana is, is a bit of a miss. Mm-hmm. Soyuncu hasn't come back and, and, and had the season that he had last year, obviously recovering from injury, etc. So I think um, the Leicester defence has got one or two challenges. And um, the Arsenal attack, is midfield especially, is starting mm-hmm. to come, come, come good. So that could be that could be a very exciting game. It's probably the, the game, the game that you want to watch uh, this game week is the Leicester Arsenal game. Yeah. Look, at which point do after this, um, when we get back to uh, the standard game weeks of of a single game game week, do we look at a Bamiyang and go? Are we going to pick him up sooner rather than later and get ahead of the curve if he's going to start? Because again, he was in the right positions. Um, briefly during that time of, of Arsenal go forward momentum against Man City. And I'm not sure what... I think his he's ownership is, is less in Saka right now. 
again, Leighton, it's that it's that clustered midfield performance that we have. And mm. there's a certain ginger ninja, and I hope if he's listening, he's not offended by this. Uh, and he's, he's back, and he looks to be bubbling under as well. So Kevin De Bruyne is back. So now you've got a headache as to how you fit all of these players in. And Kevin's going to go off. It, you can see it. Guy, the way let's put it this way. That you it, can only get three City players into your team. <laughs> That's exactly. it. Exactly. And, and, and uh, Aubameyang's price is he's, he's up there. So Sterling, Aubameyang, Fernandez, obviously Salah. So they're all in that premium price bracket. So you're going to struggle. Uh, but yeah, it's a good call, Leighton. Uh, but apart from that hat trick, Oba uh, Oba was missing against Man City, that's for sure. But most again, people are. Players go missing against Man City. Let's. I, I would. So if 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 for example, if you're going to make that call, I tell you to watch the Leicester game, see how he shows up, and as soon as you see any any sparks of, of brilliance or things that you think that 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 could ignite him, go for it after the Leicester game because it's what I was uh, thinking. It's yeah. either that or getting Saka back into the team. Okay, so Leicester versus Arsenal is going to be a highlight of a game. It's going to go what we believe would be going back and forth. And I can't necessarily pick a winner over there. I do think it is going to be quite exciting. Hitting the, um, the other double game week teams that we haven't spoken about yet so far. Let's talk about Everton opening up their account against Southampton. They are at home against Southampton. Southampton have struggled a lot. At at this rate, Southampton are they might be uh, overtaken by Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley, and Fulham, unless they can change something about the the way they're going. The last result they got was a draw against Chelsea. Yeah, um, so things have not been not been great for Southampton. Uh, they don't start Danny Ings. They uh, Minamino gets a goal against uh, against against Chelsea and then doesn't even feature in the Leeds game either. So I'm not entirely yeah. Well, he, no, sorry, he did feature in the second half, but it it feels a little bit too little, too late at at that point in time. So, Leighton, you have a you have a coach like Oleg on the who plays Fernandez every game, smart um, man, all game. And if if he had two games on a Sunday, he'd play probably Fernandez twice. Well, wouldn't you? The guy doesn't really run back. I mean, he's there and he gets the job done. So he has enough uh, in the tank for for two games. And you get Hasanutil, who's got his his most lethal striker being Danny Ings uh, and uh, his most informed player being Minamino. And in a game that he he would probably want, and, and I remember Minamino playing for Salzburg, and against Liverpool, in fact, and how well they he counted and, and he went at Van Dijk and I think beating Van Dijk once or twice. I think probably that was that uh, triggered uh, Liverpool's interest in him. Mm. And so he's a very good player from what from that specific encounter in terms of counter counter attack play. And Ings is so prof- has been so prolific for for Southampton, and Hassan Nuttall doesn't start both of them, and he goes on to bring them both on. So maybe there's injuries, maybe there's other stuff going on, I don't know. But again, the, the rationale doesn't make sense to me where you see Fernandez play game in, game out. And Minamino hasn't had much football underneath his belt. Uh, I think in a previous conversation you and I had, you picked him as, as a bit of a, of a find in a differential, and, and I fully agree with that. And he hasn't given him an opportunity and bring him on after going two goals down. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Hassan Liverpool. Maybe he's lost the dressing room because the form line and the way that they play, and especially after that nine 0 could indicate that. Um, so I think Everton. Everton's got a great perform, great opportunity. It's a late kickoff on a on a, on a Monday evening, uh, mm. and 
I think Richarlison is coming into some form. Calvert Lewin, I like the call. He's, on he's back Lewin. on. He's back on the um, the field. Uh, that was uh, again my my concern was Everton the only, when they lost him, and I thought that's what they'll lose during those games, and they did. The, the only the only thing is Calvert Lewin's one of the, the big uh, strings in his bow is his aerial prowess, and Vestergaard standing at I think two meters five is one of the, the most difficult guys in the air to deal with, so that he could negate. Uh, Calvert-Lewin's aerial prowess. Uh, but having said that, on the ground, you, you've got Rodriguez coming into some some sort of form as well. I think he created the first goal mm-hmm. as well as uh, Richarlison. So, Sigurdsson is but, also fit as well. It's uh, Everton is looking healthy and strong. I think it's only yeah, Mina I, that's mm, out, isn't it? Um, yeah, and Alan. I think Alan was on the bench. I think Alan was on the yeah, bench. I think he's uh, fit again now. I think... Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the guys one of the guys that's in my FPL side and I'm gonna hold on to him again. So similar to Pereira, similar to Stuart Dallas is uh, Luca Dean. He's playing further forward because they're playing a the back three and he's playing so when the team sheet comes out, they have him listed as a midfielder and he and he's taking quite an advanced role up up top. So there's a goal in there and a clean sheet uh, a lot of assists because whenever he whoops the ball in Calvert Lewin's on the receiving end of those crosses. Yeah. So I think one of the guys that I'd recommend from from a defensive point of view in, in Everton's lineup would be Luca Dean as well, a bit of an out of position uh, asset for you. Yeah, but that uh, okay. So yeah, obviously you're looking at spending the money. He is a pricey defender, but like you said, out of position playing in the midfield. Um, but uh, yeah, so. So he has the ability to get that clean sheet bonus. So we've had three of them so far. Dallas, Luca Dean, and what was the other chap that you mentioned? Uh, Ricardo Pereira. Ricardo Pereira. Yeah, if yeah. I had a wild card, I'd probably be looking at the fact that Robertson and uh, Alexander-Arnold's gone missing this season. Uh, apart from the Man City boys, um, those three are the three that I would be Cancelo, man. That guy, I don't know, he, he was on my team and he should have scored and I'm a little bit disappointed. Anyway, okay, I don't want to get into that. Don't want to get into that. Yes, so Everton are at home to Southampton. Um, Southampton, I don't know what what is going to change for them. Everton look prime for this game as well, and with e- everyone fit, I do see myself bringing DCL into the fray, uh, into my team. As Everton's second game, they do travel away to West Brom, and I know West Brom have been tighter in defense since uh, Sam Allardyce but they're not getting the wins there's only so much you can do you can you can you can't ride a dead horse kind of thing they are tighter but they are but they but static so they're going for the more bullish more more physical type of defense which Sam Allardyce is known for in terms mm. of uh, defensive uh, defensive structures uh, I think I think Everton has enough uh, Creative players to, to play through those lines. So uh, Everton, Everton doubling up is a is a good call. I I think the uh, the three from Everton that I would uh, I would recommend for the listeners would be Dinier, Richarlison, and uh, Calvert Lewin. Okay. So I think it's a good call. I think Everton could could come out with two wins out of this game, especially on the back of the Liverpool performance. I mean that was that was historical. I think. Some stuff was a decade since they last beat them in the derby and last beating them uh, at at Anfield, I think it's 50, 60 years, if I'm not mistaken. So their, 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 their momentum's with them, their confidence level's going to be high. 
if you just look at how Duncan Ferguson reacted, you would think it was a cup final that they won, yeah. uh, beating Liverpool. So I think there's going to be a lot of buoyancy in the team, and they're going to come out, they're going to go for it. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, those those three assets at Everton could be great for your game week. Right. So, But uh, West Brom do start their game week against uh, what um, would be another team that wants to stay above the relegation zone, Brighton. Brighton need need to get need to get a result at some point. And it, it hasn't been happening for them in the last couple of games. I mean, they got they did get the draw against Burnley. They got the draw against Aston Villa. Then they lost to Crystal Palace after dominating the game? Dominating the game. So there's a big there's a big thing in South African Twitter regarding <laughs> they need to bring Percy Tau on so he can get some game time. I mean, I think he's the only South African representative in the Premier League. Um I, yeah, Neil Mopé, I think where Brighton's gone off the boil a bit was when Welbeck got injured again. And, you know, Welbeck's always injured. Uh, but when Welbeck was playing, they seemed to be a different team. Mopé bros hot and cold, and, and Aaron Connolly hasn't fired at all this season. So when you're struggling to score goals, uh, yeah, you're not going to win Premier League games. So I think uh, I think Brighton, Brighton would be uh, a, a hard nut to crack. But yeah, I, I'm. I'm the, also, do you think West Brom cracks the, the Brighton nut, or does Brighton eventually get that result? Brighton is probably the most unpredictable team in the Premier League in terms of you, if you had to if you had to bet on their games. I, I think you, you you don't know what what we're going to come out uh, with regards to that. Diangana is one of the players I think if you're looking from the West Brom side. Diangana is their most their most creative. Uh, I mean Pereira, sorry, not I don't know if Diangana's back. Pereira is is the West Brom's most creative player. So Pereira is a good punt if he's fit and if he's and he will play both games. So if you're looking for a bit of a differential and you're looking for cheaper midfielders to enable your expensive defenders that we've recommended, uh, maybe Pereira and he's gonna be quite a big differential from an FPL point of view. As I keep alluding to in these double game weeks and if I'm on the podcast next week I'd love to see who's Who's popped out? There's always in these double game weeks some um, unrecognizable player that pops up and, and gets in gets in a double digit return. Sometimes in both games, so I a difficult game to call. Leighton, just on, on on Brighton's quality throughout the season, uh, and they're going to be desperate to get out of the relegation battle as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Brighton for the win and more play to get a goal or two. Okay, I uh, I think I think you might be right. I think I don't know, man. West Brom, West Brom drawing is their thing. They either draw or lose, and they are at home. I actually think I think West Brom get the draw. I think Brighton continue to um, they continue to pull a Liverpool on them. They they press, they create, they take more shots than the opposition, and they'll get nothing from it. Okay, so right, let's talk about, we've got two more double game week teams to talk about. Wolves is one of them. Wolves open up their um, their weekend or, or their game week against Newcastle. They travel to Newcastle. Newcastle looked great against Man United. Forget the result. They looked great against Man United. Uh, St. Max, fantastic. Uh, he was... He was commanding, he was dominating, and then then they're coming up against a team like Wolves who are now almost like that, uh, that I think they're starting to believe again, 
in, out of the last possible 12 uh, points, they've got 10. They, they've beat Arsenal. Okay, we spoke about that game. They drew against Leicester. Tough thing to do these days. They, they beat Southampton, and then they, they beat Leeds. Yeah, that, that, that wonder strike from uh, Adama Traore hitting, hitting the, the crossbar and then bouncing off the back of Melier to go in. Um, you mean yeah, the Melier in goal? But I, I don't think any keeper would have, uh, would have been able to avoid that. Yeah. I, so he was unfortunate, especially for those bringing in Melier for the, the double game week. I think Andres had him. Uh, when yeah, he played he bench boost. Uh, yeah, he, did, he, he did have Melier. Um, Newcastle, Newcastle. I, want, I just want to bitch about that for a bit. Yeah, sure, uh, go right ahead. With, with, with Callum Wilson not there and Joe Linton carrying an injury and, and looking half the man that he should be, yeah. uh, having, having both Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll on the bench, why the hell do you have these players and don't bring them on? And to have, again, I, I'm a big fan of big, big center forwards and Newcastle from the days of Les Ferdinand, Alan Shearer, have always been a team that, that prides itself on, on taking advantage of having a big center forward. And then you have two nippy players like Ryan Fraser. Miron run around, run from the knockdowns. Similar, if you think of the days of Diego Costa at uh, Chelsea, if if it's not working for you, Jalinton has flattered to deceive from the time we signed him. Andy Carroll's got a bit of a pedigree. Dwight Gale's done some phenomenal work in his time. If they're not carrying an injury, why the hell does Bruce not start them and play these speedy players around them to pick up the the knock-on balls? Mm. And we know how susceptible and how stupid. Lindelof and Maguire have been uh, tackling each other, falling over each other, and Andy Carroll wins those balls all day, every day. So that would he would have been such a menace to both Maguire and Lindelof, breathing um, confusion and distrust between them. So how does Bruce not see that? So yeah, that's I just I just want to get that rant off as to Bruce's because you've got the speed and creativity of Maximum. Almiron's got gas to burn. Ryan Fraser is another quick player. Why not have Andy Carroll knock the balls down, let them pick up the second balls and finish? That would have changed the game. However, that did not happen. Wolves, on the other hand, they're still, they're still finding it difficult to get goals. Again, a player that I'll still recommend uh, for FPL point, uh, points, uh, those of you who are wanting to find a bit of, again, a cheaper differential. Pedro Neto is Wolves' best yeah, for sure. attacking outlet. Uh, Podence, I don't know whether it's injury or what, what's happened. He's just gone off the boil. So um, Pedro Neto is the Wolves player that I would look. Could be a very interesting game. Newcastle have to bloody win this game. So uh, we're going to have to go at them. We're gonna have, we can't take a loss. We can't take a draw at home. Uh, Wolves, Wolves can be anything. On their, and they're struggling to score goals. So Newcastle for the win. Uh, we have to. Uh, both out of desperation as a fan. As well as re-watching us beat Everton, watching how we pitched up against uh, Man United, mm. so I think I think we could roll Wolves because Wolves don't score. They're very good defensively as well. They don't score. I think we could roll them, but not with Joe Linton. So again, if you're looking for a Newcastle asset, probably Saint Max, probably Almiron. Okay, yeah, sure. So I I do tend to um, agree with you there. Especially if the same Newcastle arrives, and then it, 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 there's a few tweaks that need to be made. But if that man Saint Max is fit and he is hungry, and he can play himself into some form, there, there's big things. And Newcastle are now backs against the wall. There, it's 
it's do or die for the, for the teams at the bottom, especially when you if we are looking at the Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham. That is going to be that uh, that fight for that uh, last relegation spot. I don't see West Brom or Sheffield United getting out of there. However, regardless of what happens between uh, Newcastle and Wolves, I think the most that the Wolves get out of uh, this weekend will be at best three points against Newcastle because they do travel to the Etihad, which is uh, the last of our double game week teams that we're going to talk about. They do open up the weekend as well at the Etihad. Man City play West uh, West Ham at the beginning. They play Wolves at uh, at the end. Which players out of Man City are you going to pick? Because you're going to pick three of them. Let's, uh, let's call the spade a spade. Is, is there any... Does anybody stop the sit- uh, the citizen machine? Yeah. Uh, West Ham. West Ham could be a tricky a tricky side. West Ham's been solid defensively the entire season. Um, they don't break down. Kufal and they say they pronounce it Sufal and Suchik, the two the two Czech boys. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are hard as nails. They they work. Their work rate is impeccable. So. When you when you play a Man City, you wanna you wanna run. You wanna. I can't see Antonio thriving against a Man City because he's not the most mobile recently. Lingard is a very good punt. Mm. Having said that, Man City have been imperious in defence. Uh, the three that I, I, I will continue going by, and I'm going to predict this, um, is that before the season's out, Sterling has, gets a hat trick. Riyad Mahrez gets a hat trick. I just hope that I'm captaining them at the right time because Marius seems to be just on the fringes of, of something, a massive haul. It looks like it, doesn't if, it? But every time he, he plays, starts, every time he plays, he it looks starts, like that. If he starts. Yeah, so I've had him I've had him an entire season uh, or for long parts of the season as part of my City triple up. I've got Ruben Diaz, Riyad Marius and uh, Ryan Sterling. Uh, I've spoken about uh, Kevin De Bruyne, and I think a lot of people think you your one of the best decisions you've made was so before Gundogan went off, having recognised his value and his starting minutes, and I must give you credit for that because he was five million and he was starting all the time, and it just happened that the injuries happened and he changed his position and you benefited. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, as soon as well, KDB was uh, got injured, I I took KDB out and I put Gundogan in because I knew. Uh, out of all the city guys that were going to play, he was going to play the most minutes. At least that was my thought at that time. And it freed yeah, up plenty of other cash. And I must give you credit for that call because every season we always want to try and find the one or two or three of those calls. So that's your one call for the season. So excellent on that. So a lot of people have Gundogan. And to move him out, it's difficult because of the money tied up in other players. So if you've got Gundogan, good, good, good choice. Uh, however, uh, Kevin De Bruyne is is there, there and thereabouts. Cancelo's Cancelo's there. Zinchenko, the, he's got he's got a poor shot on him, but he's he's taking a lot of shots as well. Um, and then any one of the defence between Stones, Diaz, Cancelo, and uh, Zinchenko, you could have in double up on the defence. I obviously keep on having one defender, two attackers because of the ceilings. Mm. So Marius, as I said, I'm predicting a hat trick before the end of the season for both Marius and Sterling. Uh, yeah, just depends whether they start. So I take the pain when they don't start. Mm. Uh, so with the role that they're on, City to win, to beat uh, West Ham at home, kick off, uh, kicking off the game week, 
maybe the hat trick comes there. Um, and the, the the last game against Wolves, again, they they, they seem to have a number uh, on Wolves as well. Wolves does well against most teams, and against City, they're not as imperious, and Wolves haven't been great this season at all. Yeah, but so, uh, just to point of note, West Ham have conceded 29, Wolves have conceded 32, Man City have conceded 15. So, again, we, I don't necessarily think that I think the best chance of uh, the the City defense being breached is the West Ham game. Uh, I don't necessarily see Wolves doing that. Wolves have only scored twenty six goals this whole season, so they've um, it has been difficult for Wolves. But so you do speak about the fact, and I I do maintain to have Cancelo in my defense, and I haven't decided whether I want to ship him out for a Diaz because um, I'm pretty sure Diaz will get more minutes. But if you look at Cancelo, Stones, Diaz. Their ownership is all in the the, the low 20 percentile as well. Uh, Cancelo, 25.5 percentage ownership. Gundogan, 33.3. Which leaves you back at your Sterling and De Bruyne and Foden and Mares. Now, I'm going to go in that order, respectively, 12.7, 11.5, 10.7, and Mares, 3.1%. If you have the Mares in and the Mares goes off, it's a it's a great great player to have in and he also comes in again but he does come in a fair amount cheaper than the than the Sterling and the De Bruyne he comes in at 8.1 million and they're both in the 11 millions so I'm looking at possibly this week um yes I don't know man which which one is it is it Sterling or De Bruyne which one do you do you play or do you do you just trust the gut and go with the Morris because the Morris looks like it's always about to happen for him I, 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 I think I think I've talked myself and you've talked myself into captaining Marius this game week. I'm 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 so close to it. I think I'm going to make that call uh, and captain Marius over Kane. Uh, something I don't know. I, and that I'm going to lose anyway. So we'll, we'll talk closer to 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 the game um, week close before you make that decision. You might land up going DCL like me. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go DCL. I haven't I, even got him in. I haven't I, even got him in my team yet. I, I've already made my changes. I already did the transfers. Lukman in Ooh. as well as uh, Harry Kane in. I'm pulling. I'm, I'm at minus four. Wait until the last minute, he says. Wait until the news of the team news changes have been made already. So Lickman starts guaranteed for Fulham and Harry Kane starts guaranteed for uh, Tottenham. So Mm. that's the rationale behind it. Um, Yeah, so Man City, probably probably a 3-1. 3-1, Mario's hat-trick against West Ham and the Wolves game, probably a 2-0. Okay. So, Jay, um, how how, how many people do... For this week, if you have your wild card or you have your bench boost, this is definitely a week that you should be attacking. And I do like the idea of the bench boost this game. If you are looking at getting players in, look to get your your three city players in because they are one of two teams that have a double game week next week. Um, the other team being, I think it was Southampton, who was a, who has the other double game week next week. It is Southampton. So, yes, Man City have a double game week. They play, it's the Manchester Derby, and then they are at home to Southampton. So, they've got all the home games. Very difficult only, to see things changing for... Just just a word of caution on Man City, guys, is that they're still in Europe. So, if they've got games there and they've got other double games, so Pep's going to rotate. So, don't be too upset when 
when Ferran Torres uh, starts ahead of your selection or, or Cancelo sits out and uh, uh, Kyle Walker starts, it, it goes with the territory. So you take the good with the bad uh, in that regard. But uh, is there any Champions League next week? I don't believe there is. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they'd be putting scheduling the, um, not yeah, next week, yeah. the, the week after. Um, yeah, Man City do play tonight, and then I'm not sure when the, the next games do follow after that. So I think it is a little bit of a break in, in the playoffs before it happens again. Yeah, the, the next games, the next time Man City are on the field in Europe is on the 16th of March, which is the the Tuesday after that. So there will there'll be, I don't think there'll be too much concern. It's just the fact that there are so many games happening right after each other for Man City. So yes, it is Pepperlet. That is going to be happening there. But with De Bruyne coming back, uh, playing into fitness, Sterling fit and hungry, because he's always fit, you get that feeling. Um, Gundogan can be a man who's going to be coming off for, to rest for some minutes as well this weekend, it's quite possible. So very difficult calls to make over there. Um, that's why I think Ruben Diaz is the man in defense, as opposed to Cancelo, purely because of the fact that he he does seem to be a person that won't be rested uh, the same way that Cancelo will be, Jay and Leighton. Mm. Diaz is always in the in the bonus points. If he's not getting them, he's very close. So even this last game, like he managed to get one bonus point. So that that adds up. So he may not be scoring goals or getting assists because everyone looks for the rock star uh, wingbacks. Yeah, Cancelo nearly can, scored. Man, it would have been amazing as, for me. As a centre back, uh, Ruben Diaz has got a lot of bonus points uh, this season. Sure. Yeah, you're 100% right, man. Okay, so so we have covered it. I think that's 17 games this game week, man. Sure, um, that was a mouthful. Yeah, it, it was quite a mouthful. Uh, points prediction that you believe you're going to get this week? What do, you, what do you see for yourself on the board? Are we going to go full I'll, dart I'll, score? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, be happy. I'll be happy with the 70 uh, because, again, a lot of my, my predictions have not panned out this season, so... Conservative. I have a lot of double gaming players. I think I think my entire squad's now got double gaming players. Uh, I'll take I'll take a strong seventy. A um, strong seventy. Okay. Okay. Can can our listeners uh, can't um, maybe they they don't understand what the hearing they can't see your face. Um, really, how much do you do believe? Do you think do you do you see yourself cracking hundred this week? I believe you should. My team set up. My team's always set up for a hundred later. Is it okay? Uh, cool. It's yeah. just, yeah, just does, it just doesn't go my way. So if I get the captaincy right, uh, then a hundred is guaranteed. But again, I came in at ninety now, six points from my captain this previous game week. So the, I've got it. I've got I've got the right players. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm, if I had to play a wild card, it would be the team that I have in most most game weeks because I'm taking the hits. I'm preparing for it. It just doesn't come off. Uh, again, I I've never owned Bruno Fernandez this entire season in FPL. And that's hurt. So I'll continue not owning him. And yeah, but it's a tough week for him. This one, uh, exactly. Chelsea Correct. and Crystal Palace. It's not the it's uh, not the best week for him. Correct. And a lot of people will hold on to him, and especially all the Man United fans. So that could be that could be good for a rank rank uh, jump. So Leighton, here's a prediction: If Man United come on the wrong end of those two results, I'm going to make a prediction that you jump up two hundred. But I have the Fernandez in my team. I'm not no, it's just him. You know, a lot of people have tripled. A lot of people have tripled up Juan Bissaka, Rashford, and Fernandez. Uh, I think February's highest scorer in our league. Uh, he's had Cavani 
Uh, I think he he had the double gaming score of 135. He's had Cavani in his side, triple Man United as well. So if the results go against that team in red, mm. uh, we would see some significant rises in terms of green arrows. Okay. Well, let's hope so uh, to every pods listener that is out there. Uh, green arrows all the way. I hope you're hitting triple digits. I myself am hoping I'm playing the bench boost on the double game week. Um, realistically, I'd like to tell you that I'm going to get 180, but uh, I, I do I do hope to breach the, the triple figure uh, and get some solid points myself as I continue to rise. I really want to get into the top million be, and hopefully yeah, you know, my, my ultimate goal would be to get into the top 750k in the world considering where I was uh, not too long ago. So Jay, uh, good luck for the game week. I'll catch you on the other side. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, man.